0: Bless your heart, bless you, bless bless you, sir. Thank you. Why don't we just give God a hand clap of praise? Oh, come on, we can do better than that. Come on, let's really thank God tonight. Psalm of David said, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. My obedience to God and to my Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who has indeed made all of the difference in what remains of this life, And to the angel of this house, my friend, my brother, Pastor Charles Hunt, and to all of the officers and members of this great church in whom I've become very fond of, and to all of the proclaimers of the gospel, and to all of you who are visiting, what a joy it is to be found in the house of the Lord on today. Uh, Pastor Hunt, I can't thank you enough for this privilege. Uh, As I thank you, I cannot help but also thank Pastor Lloyd Scott in his absence, along with my dear friend and brother, Brother Jim Moss, for allowing me the privilege of meeting you. I count this an honor to be here today, to stand in this place where others could have stood at this hour. So thank you, Pastor Hunt, for allowing me this privilege of being able to share what the Lord has laid in my heart to share with you on today. Uh, the music has been, as we say at home, off the chain. Amen, Amen. Amen. It's, it's incredible. I have indeed been lifted uh, by the fellowship and also by the preaching and especially the music. Uh, I'm in the book of, of Matthew chapter five I agree with the Apostle Paul that all things do work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Um, Don't want to appear to be a fanatic, but I I am into biblical mathematics, and uh, with that said, it's not a coincidence that my room and your room, Pastor Owens is right across the way there. Uh, I'm in 220, he's in 221. The number uh, 21, it means exceeding sinfulness of sin. And he dealt with a message related to that. The number 20 means redemption. I just believe that nothing happens by accident. Because I believe that there's a redemptive word here tonight that'll help us all to get to a better place in Christ. Amen. And help others, our family members and others of our acquaintances to get to a better place in Christ. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Let your light So shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I would have you to know that the the year 2022, the number 22, means light. And so I'm believing God for light in 2022. Shall we pray? Most holy and everlasting God, our Father, we're so grateful today for this blessed privilege that you've given us all to be found in this place today. You have made death behave again. And it was only by your grace and mercy that we have come. Surely, Lord, it's only because of you that we live and we move and have our being. Lord, you brought us from dangers, both seen and unseen, and for that we say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what we've already heard and and how hearts didn't burn as the preacher spoke to us along the way. Lord, allow that same burning sensation to be found in the midst of this message by the power of your word lord save heal and deliver and set every captive free And father we ask also forgiveness of sin cleanse us of all unrighteousness and renew a right spirit within us all father you've said in your word that if we confess our sins that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness now lord Be magnified in me, be glorified through me. And in the end, be satisfied with me. Allowing the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart to be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. For we know that he is alive and well. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Tonight, I would like to speak from the subject, Let God... Be glorified let God be glorified lights are used for elimination I'm mindful of uh, the city of Texas City Texas when I lived in Galveston I remember the crime rate was very high but the police department partnered with the Parks and Recreation Department And they decided that in order to deal with the crime issue, that they would allow all the lights in the communities, the ballpark lights, softball and baseball lights to shine brightly. And they did that. And in no time whatsoever, the, the crime rate decreased. And to this very day, if you go to Texas City, Texas, Around dusk, you'll see the city lit up, portions of it, where the crime rate was high. Lights are not only used for elimination, but they're also used for illumination. I'm mindful of a man that was traveling late one night. It was after midnight, and his car broke down. He was driving in 30, below 30-degree 30 weather and there was not a house in sight. But he knew that if he stayed in the car, it would not be good for him. So he began to walk from the car in hopes of finding a a house nearby. And after walking several miles, feet getting numb, he did spot a light that shined from a 60, white soft light bulb. And he made his way to that light and there he found shelter. And he also found help to get him along the way. Not only is light used for for elimination and illumination, but light is also used for stimulation. I found out that chickens don't produce well where there is no light. Light stimulates chicken production as it relates to producing eggs. Chickens need about 15 hours of constant light. And in some northern parts of the country, when, especially during daylight savings time, when the light diminishes early, the chickens suffer, and they're not as productive. So what they do is they take a, a light, normally a 9 watt white, wattage white bulb put it in the chicken coop and it gives them that elongated light needed to become so that they might become productive and so i've asked, i've come to ask you a question today imagine what would happen if we let our light shine what we might be able to eliminate in our world i wonder if the crime rate would go down if we allowed our lights to shine. I wonder how many people might find their way if we let our light shine. If we just let our little light shine. In the midst of this dark world, how many people would find shelter and make their way, find their way to their destination. I wonder if we let our light shine, how many people we might be able to stimulate and cause them to become productive in society if we just let our light shine. When we pick up in Matthew chapter five in verse 16, we find that Jesus has already been born of a virgin, Mary. He's already been presented to Simeon and Anna. he's he's already had a death threat placed on his life by King Herod, he escaped the death threat. He has already been baptized by John in the Jordan. God's spirit descending like a dove and lighting upon him and the father saying these words, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. At this point When we get here in Matthew 5 and 16, Jesus Christ, he has already been tempted in the wilderness, but overcame the tempter by the word of God. And We land here in this fifth chapter and we find Jesus Christ speaking to his disciples and the multitude. Now mind you, he had already as it was prophesied, brought light where darkness was in the land of Zebulun and Nephtali. But he, he meets with the multitude. And I'm going to flip back a moment. I would like you to read it with me. He, 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 he talks to the multitude as he calls his disciples to a meeting along with the multitude in this passage of scripture that is known as the Sermon on the Mount. And he begins. He begins to share with them uh, the beatitudes. And seeing the multitude, he went up into a mountain, and he was set. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, uh, He said, "Bless are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Bless are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Bless are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth." And shall say all man of evil against you falsely. For my sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Notice what he does here. He shares with them, and by the way, he calls the multitude and the disciples together. He is at this point. He's discipling them, getting them ready for the work that they would do later. But not only is he discipling them, he's seeking to build a sound Christian character because of the work, again, that they would do. So there's a foreshadowing of what would take place in the later church that would come. We find that in this particular text that Jesus' intent, as I, and I'll repeat, is to build sound Christian character. And so when you get down to verses 13 through 16, what he does is he, he's summarizing what he's already said unto them by letting them know more specifically who they are and what they shall be. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost his savor, isn't that amazing? You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost his savor, Wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. I'm here today to tell you as I press my way that we must be the the salt of the earth. I'm getting to the text. We must be mindful that we are a preserver because salt is used for that. Are y'all with me tonight? Salt is used to preserve meats and other items. Salt is not only a preserver, but it's also a healer. I remember when I was a little boy, when I had the sore throat, my grandmother used to, and my mother, uh, they would always tell me to to get some hot water, put some salt in it and goggle. And lo and behold, in no time whatsoever, I would be made the better. Because salt is a healer. But not only that, salt is also an an enhancer. I, I live in Southern Louisiana. Uh, not far, about 30 miles from Avery Island uh, where we have the famous Tabasco products. Right down the street from the Louisiana Hot Sauce Company, about 10 minutes from there. But also I'm surrounded by other, other factories that make those good spices. Slap your mama. <laughs> y- 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 evidently y'all heard of slap your mama. Tony Sacheran. Amen. And and, and there are others that we we purchase for the purpose of making sure our gumbo is right. Make sure that the red beans and rice, right. Are y'all with me? Uh, Salt is used and most of those products that we buy to enhance our foods involve salt. Salt is included. Salt is an enhancer. There's nothing worse than bland food except a bland Christian for the scripture tells us that they're good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men but he doesn't stop there he also says you are the light of the world not only are you the salt of the earth you're the light of the world and notice what he does he gives us two things that we could readily identify with we all use salt and we all use light says, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light up a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Amen. I'll deal more with, with verse 15 momentarily, but I would have you to, to be mindful again that God has called us to be the source of elimination, illumination, illumination and stimulation, but most importantly for salvation for a dying world. Can I get a witness tonight that our world is dying? Our world is decaying. People are living in doom, damaged relationships. So God has called us to be a light in this dark world. Jesus Christ proclaimed In John 8 and 12, he said, I am the light of the world. And not only is he the light, but because you are saved, born, blood-bought by Jesus Christ, you you also have that light. That was a passing of the baton. On that great day, the Lord entered into your heart and saved your soul. So you are the light. I'm mindful of what the Apostle Paul said. He said, for you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Then he, look at what he says, walk as children of light. But he also says in Philippians 2.15, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. But Peter picks it up in 2 and 9 of First Peter. He says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him. We have called you out of darkness and into the marvelous light. I could hardly keep my feet still. I got a dance in me right now. I'm literally quenching the spirit right now. Because when I think about what God has done in my own life, there's a praise on the inside. And by the way, my, my church is called Lighthouse Missionary Baptist Church. And God told me years ago that I would be a light in this dark world. And every time I think about uh, who I am now, compared to what I was then, something happens on the inside. There's a shout that swell ups in my inner man. And it causes my feet to do a dance uncontrollably. When I think about what God has done for me, I, I have a question for you tonight. Have you been called out of darkness? That's the question for the church tonight. Have you truly been called out of darkness? In other words, are there any X anything in here? X drug addicts. X anything. X whoremongers. X anything. Ex. X. If you are X, that means you've been called out of darkness into the marvelous light. In every moment you get, every chance you get, you ought to be rejoicing and thanking God that He entered into the mess, in, into the muck and miry clay of your life, picked you up, turned your life around, and placed your feet on a solid rock. You ought to be rejoicing today. Hallelujah. Why? Because there are those in this dark and dying, decaying day that need to see us, those who have been born again, rejoicing over the salvation, this precious gift that God has given to us. If God has done anything in your life, every chance you get, you ought to give him a praise. I Understand what the psalmist is talking about he said I will bless the Lord at all times I know what David is talking about see David had gone through some stuff, but because God delivered him uh, He made a declaration that he would bless the Lord uh, every chance. He got Bless the Lord oh my soul and all that's within me bless his holy name Oh bless the Lord oh my soul and forget not all of God's benefits question for you has God blessed you has God benefited you? Has God done anything in your life worth the praise? We ought to constantly give him a praise. Constantly give him a praise. I told the church, I, I shared this message on New Year's night, that every now and then I preach from the subject, I'm not crazy, I'm just serious. Because the psalmist appears to be talking to himself. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, and the humble shall. My, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord my soul shall make so he speaks to himself and every now and then when I'm in worship I got to remind myself Randall why are you sitting down God has been too good to you to be sitting there like a bump on a log When you consider all that God has done for you, look at you, Randall, you have gone through, you've been electrocuted, you have gotten hit by a car, you fell out of a tree from 15 foot up, you almost drowned twice, almost got your head blown off in a club one night, you have had open heart surgery, you've been hit by a trainer, you've had 10 major surgeries all right here, and you got the nerves, you got the gall to sit down on me and not give me a praiser when I done set the atmosphere, I done set the tone and tenor for worship, Conducive for your worship, conducive for your praise, and you got the nerves to sit down on me after all I've done for you. So I vowed I'm going to bless him at all times. Every chance I get, whether I'm in the grocery store or at the movie theater, wherever I am, I'm going to bless him. Can I get a witness in the house? Can I get a witness in the house? Jesus said in this text, be a bright light. He said, let your light so shine before men. Let your light so shine. Uh, so is the, the biggest little word in the Bible. It's one of the most impactful and powerful words in all of scripture. Because when you look at the word so, and, and you you, you look at it's an adverb it it, it means um, to what extent let your light so shine to what extent you ought to let it shine you really cannot appreciate that unless you look at John 3 16 for God so for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life hallelujah God loved me so that he gave his son your 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 savior in my to die on a cross thank God for so loved thank God that so love look beyond my faults look beyond my 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 simplicities look beyond all of my my tripping ego trips all the stuff that I would naturally do as a sinner, he looked beyond. That's solar. love. love. Church, we got to let our lights so shine. The Matthew Henry commentary says, by our good living, we must be burning and shining lights. You find we must have evidence in our whole conversation. Listen to this carefully. That we are indeed followers of Christ. We must be to others for instruction, direction, quickening, and comfort. That's what we must be to others. Are y'all with me tonight? I'm I'm mindful of the message that we heard on the other night. As a matter of fact, uh, the preacher Murray Kimball shared this the other night. He talked from Matthew 18 and 20, where Jesus gave us a command, a commission, he said all power was given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And he said, lo, I'll be with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I I looked at that very carefully and I really considered that and and, and, and the Lord said to me these are directives from the divine these are directives from the divine our church we're trying to get our church to a better place we're a 20 year old church we're trying to get us to a better place but we can't get there unless we obey that command that Commission nothing's going to change within our house the church house community or our personal homes unless we get this right Most churches have literally uh, overlooked this most important command that Jesus gave us. So I I broke it down. The Lord allowed me to break this thing down and when I did, He said, go. That's the first directive. You know what go is? Go is a command for conquering. And then He says, ye. Ye, that's a commission for connecting. And then He said, therefore, but you can't really embrace what's you're there unless you go back and look at what he said before therefore is a consideration for our confidence when he said teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father Son and the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you that's the cure for all of our world's craziness you know what the problem is in our world folks ain't saved and they have not met the waters of baptism And then he says and lo I am with you always even unto the end of the world that's comfort for our concerns because you won't go alone he said I'm gonna be with you and then he said amen and that's the conclusion on Calvary so be it by the way he's already died and rose so what are we waiting for anybody gonna obey these divine directives There ain't but two he said go and teach Go and teach. Go and teach. Just in case you missed it. Go and teach. Church, that's our duty. That's our Christian responsibility. If we're going to see change anywhere in this world, we must go and teach. I remind our church every week we are not Lighthouse Stationary Baptist Church, we're Lighthouse. Missionary Baptist Church. So let's move beyond where we are and teach. Go and teach. Therefore, concerning, according to verse 15, your light should not be hid. When you look at verse 15, he says, Take the shade off. I found out that, because I, I love nature and I'm an observer, that grass does not grow under trees. Grass does not grow <laughs> under trees. Not shade trees. That's why you won't find many trees in cow pastures. Because if if there's shade, there's, there's going to be barren ground. It'll be very detrimental to the, to the flock. So we got to take the shade off. Can I encourage you tonight to take the shade off and let your light so shine before men. Take the shade off. Hallelujah. Take the shade off. I've gotten to the point in my own life where I, I, I can't stand the darkness of no sort. Uh, I, I, I don't like darkness. I, 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 I'm a lighthouse. And you're a lighthouse and we ought to be intimidated by any source of darkness we ought to ought to seek seek to eliminate all darkness from our lives anything that will cause us to live in darkness or cause us to have dark deeds we ought to get rid of it take the shade off we got some people in our lives we need to disconnect from that's causing us darkness We got some vices, some issues, some some things that we hold on to on a regular basis. We got to let go because it's causing darkness. Church, if our light be darkness, how great is that darkness? Secondly, he says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Light brings life. Your bright light will lead to a Bible lesson. Lord have mercy. Your bright light will lead to a Bible lesson. People today need living Bible lessons. Oh, they've heard about Jonah and they've heard about Moses. But what about you? What about you? Are you are a Bible lesson as they say that. We ought to live our lives as an open Bible for we may be the only Bible some people will ever read. And I believe that. As a matter of fact, we ought to live our lives in red print that people might see Jesus in our lives. Your lifestyle by your words and deeds become a Bible lesson in the hearts of other people, giving them cause to think well of Christianity. That they may be convinced that religion is more than just a name. It's more than just a name. That they may say that concerning your life and mine, only God can do what I see is taking place in your life. How many times have people come to you and ask, you know, how did you do that? Have they come to the conclusion that must been God. Have they have they set that? Must have been God. When I went back home after being away for for many years, the Lord moved me back from Texas back to Louisiana. When I got back many of them uh, didn't believe that I was made new. So they treated me as though I was old and many would not even join our church or even visit because they remembered the old Alan Ray Randall. They didn't know that if any man be in Christ is a new creature and old things have passed away. And behold, all things become new. They, they didn't understand that. Well, God had done the work, but they kept watching. They kept watching. They kept they kept watching and listening. And before I knew it, they would come and tell me, so that must have been God. That, that had to have been God because nobody could have done what we see in your life. God must be real! <laughs> Only God could take a drunk and make a preacher. out of it. Yeah. Only God could do that. So when they look at our lives or they're saying God must be real based on what I see in your life, God must be who He said He is. Your bright light should cause people to give God a bow lifting. A bright light leads to a, a better life for others. They, they have a beautiful look at God. And then that leads because of your your Bible lesson. It leads to a a bold lifting. It causes others to want to, to glorify God. I want to share something with you. I found out that a whole lot of folks, they waste their disasters. They literally waste their disasters. Don't fall under the pressures of life and the, trust, the test and trials of life. I'm mindful of Hurricane uh, Ida recently that struck our area in August, August 29th. Uh, it's been a blessing, actually. It, it did much damage, but it was a blessing because there are those who have come together, partnered together to form a coalition so that in the event there are future disasters, we'll have a, a, a resource in place. A coalition of people stretching from Houston all the way to New Orleans to meet the needs of others. Had it not been for Ida, we would not have that coalition. I'm mindful of one of my members, Jamila Johnson. Jamila Johnson is a a dear member of ours. She's legally blind. She never misses a Sunday. Now, she became blind some five or six years ago. Legally blind. Really can't see in front of her. But somehow or another, she knows who's at church on Sunday (laughs) and who's not. Every Monday, got a call on yesterday, she calls me too. She calls every member who does not show up. And for those who need encouragement, she calls those too. She's blind. She could have folded her tent. She could have given up, but instead, she used her her sickness, illness, her blindness to be a blessing to others and give them sight. I had a member, she's now deceased, her name was Alma and We started our church in 2001 and we had no money We had, we started our church literally with no money, with eight adults, eight children and six adults. Today, we have taken in probably three to four thousand people, but I don't see them all, but we've taken in well over that. (laughs) Around 2003, she called me and said, Pastor, my body's afflicted with cancer, but somehow or another, I have a policy that I didn't sign up for that every time I get sick the insurance company will write me a check she said God has afflicted my body to help you build the lighthouse church so she would dump thousands every every time she had a sickness write a check for 25,000 30,000 every time because she said God afflicted her body She says she she was a Mary God afflicted her body to build our church she could have taken a a different stance she could have done other things with her finances but she had a heart for God's people and because of that to this day God is blessing our church and every chance I get I I even said it at a funeral I'm gonna make sure I call your name because of the great deed that you have done In the house of God. Matthew 25 says we ought to do good works. Here are some more good works. Feeding the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, take a stranger in, close the naked, visit folks who are in prison. These are good works. As I go to a close here tonight, that bold lifting that I talked about. He, he, he said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good work and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That word glorify means to esteem, which means to hold in high value or regard or worth. That's a bow lift. When others see your bright light, they get a Bible lesson and all of a sudden there's a bow lifting, that which are they which had. No desire to worship, to glorify, or place any value on God. Now they're in, a different, they're in a different life. They're in a different position now. To give God the glory. Shouldn't we live to do the same thing? Live to give God the glory? Jesus said in his prayer to his father, and our Father, I have glorified Thee on the earth. I have finished the work which You gave me to do. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians ten thirty one: whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Peter gets a bit more specific in 1 Peter 4 and 11. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified, glorified, glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. The important word, as I close it tonight, is let. Will you let your light shine? Will you be a bright light? Will you give somebody else a Bible lesson? Will you give others an opportunity to glorify God? To boldly lift his name? Is the question for tonight. The Lord laid this on me. Yesterday, as I was preparing for this night, he said, true Christians who fail to let their God-given light shine become a burden to sinners because we become their greatest disappointment because we have kept from them the only way in surest way out of misery, destruction, and eternal damnation. Let your light shine before men that others may see, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Father, we thank you tonight for the challenge of letting the light shine. Thank you, Lord, for a bright light. Thank you for a Bible lesson. And thank you, Lord, for a bold lifting We want nothing else but for you to be glorified, Father. Be glorified in all of our works, all of our ways, in our thinking, in all of our conversations and conversation. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.